This is a young team. We're on the cusp. All right, we got to add some pieces to what we're doing here. Pierce running right. Spin move. Barrels his way down to the 41-yard line. What a run by Pierce. The type of players that we're looking for are players who are looking to swarm. Intercepted. Christian Harris. Game day is every day. Picked off by Stingley. Petrie. Texans have the ball on the pick. The takeaway train is rolling. And if you want it, you got to go work. Now, it's Texans All-Access. Oh, hello, Texans, and what a great night we have for you tonight as this is your official scheduled countdown program presented by Ticketmaster, by the way, the official ticket marketplace of the Houston Texans. As the schedule will be out at 7 p.m. tonight, go to HoustonTexans.com. All of your Texans platforms get the schedule Texans ticket office open, 832-667-2390, See, I know the number, and you've got it. I'll repeat it. And we've got a big one for you tonight, talking about what has already been released by the league. There's some leaks out there. Johnny, I got a hot account here. Twitter's Joey Bag of Donuts. At Joey Bag of Donuts says, I'll tell you what he says in just a few okay. moments. Who am right. I to doubt Joey Bag of Donuts yeah. if he leaks a schedule tidbit? Of course. But we you trust Joey Bag of Donuts. Yes, that's a trustworthy Twitter name, of course. Uh, but we've got John McClain, the general, with us right now. SportsRadio610.com, Galleriesports.com. General, good evening. Are you pumped up for it tonight? What is your level of anticipation and excitement for the schedule release? And don't rain on my parade. Oh, I've known who the Texans are going to play and where they're going to play since the end of the regular season, as you guys have. And knowing how much the league, I think, will disrespect the Texans with no... I'm guessing there'll be no national television games. I'm guessing that uh, uh, D'Amico Ryans, you know, you hope that he gets to open on the road. I've already seen stories about their first game, their game against the Panthers, their game against the uh, Browns. I've had people that cover those teams tell me when they're playing the Texans. So it's amazing how much gets leaked. The whole Packers schedule was leaked this morning. And I'm thinking there ought to be something that the NFL can do that would keep teams from leaking schedules. And the Texans have always done a good job of putting a lid on it. And I know, you know, why would the Packers even watch the NFL Network, Packer fans? Because they already know their own schedule if they pay attention to the Internet. It's funny you should bring that up because I heard a story just yesterday. One of our employees has a buddy who worked at the Eagles. He had advanced an advanced copy of the schedule because he was in content creation. Uh, not that far out ahead of the release, but far enough ahead of the release. And he gave a few games or maybe the whole thing to his dad or something because they were planning <laughs> trips and Obviously, that was not a good idea. Somehow it fell into the wrong hands from there. And the guy got fired. And he was a good employee, but he got fired. They made an example of him. So they do crack down, General. If they find out where the leak is, they will plug the leak by eliminating the leak. Yeah, but you know how that is. It's hard to track it down. That guy was probably honest about it. Everybody else will lie. I guarantee you leaked the Packers schedule. They're not going to find out who it is, I think that they should not give it to anybody until like maybe an hour before they're going to announce it. The NFL Network can't be happy 
they announced so many games already. You know, it's like your head is spinning because of all the games they've announced. Now with all of them that are leaking out, the network has got to be upset. General, you mentioned uh, no primetime games or no national games. You've already made that prediction. That was my prediction the other night. We'll see if that comes true. The other one that we talked about was week one, so two-parter. Who would you like to see in week one? Who do you think it is in week one? Well, I know who it is because I've already read it online and uh, had a person with the team tell me in the media. But I I would like to have seen – D'Amico Ryan's get his first game at home. I think that'd been great. You know, in the nationally televised game against Philadelphia last year, it's not like they got blown out. Last year, Damian Pierce killed the Eagles. The Eagles were ahead by touchdown in the fourth quarter, and then they they won by, what, 12 points? And everybody said, oh, the Eagles didn't take it seriously. Well, I don't care how they took it. The fact is, and their one national appearance on Amazon the Texans were very respectable. But when you win four, four, three games, three years in a row, and you've had all kinds of controversy off the field, I guess the league is going to make you earn it. One thing that bothers me, the Texans were 3-2-1 and one in the division last year, and every team's going to Europe but them. Another sign of disrespect. Yeah, I heard you talking about this with Peyton Pendergast, but I thought, you know what, that's not a terrible miss. Like, the coaches probably say, all right, you know, year one of this regime, maybe it's good to stay home. I don't know if it's disrespectful. I'm not sure. It would have been cool. They'll go to Mexico at some point in the near future, I'm sure, because that's a secondary sort of market for them. And maybe Europe sometime, because, hey, the Europe thing is not going away. It's going to get more intense, if anything. Along those lines not going away general your thoughts about jacksonville playing back-to-back games over in london it's the first time i believe it's ever happened in the nfl what are your thoughts about them having to stay over there and play two games in jackson or i'm sorry in london one at wembley one at tottenham obviously games are going over to europe Uh, is a team going to go over to europe anytime soon but your thoughts about jacksonville playing two games back-to-back over there in london they have stuck the nfl is stuck the Europeans, specifically the British, was such a dog Jaguars teams for years. Now that they're the defending division champions and they won that great comeback in the playoffs, they'd be the natural team to play two games. Did you see the mayor say today that they're not going to have a place to play for mm-hmm. two years when they redo their stadium, but their lease yep. is up? in 29 so a lot of people think they will be the team to move to london now everybody says they're going to need two teams over there i've even seen a format the way work it out by weeks for everybody and team would practice over here part of the year there's a lot of things that go into that and i don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon but if indeed the jaguars Lease is up in the 29, you know, maybe 2030 would be the time to do it. Or if there, I don't see Jacksonville signing a new long-term lease to get that stadium redone. It just makes no sense. If they do, then it'll quash all the talk about the Jaguars being the first team to move to London. I think regardless, though, let's say they end up playing four or five games there in a new stadium 
They want to revamp the downtown area. Shad says he's really committed to that, and they believe him. So I'm not sure where all that stands, but that's their issue, not ours. John McClain joining us. General, this is out from the league that the Chiefs and Lions will open the league season September 7th, that arrowhead. Are you surprised about Detroit being that team? It's interesting because they've got a good home schedule. They have the Eagles coming in. They have the Bills. They have a lot of interesting games. The Bengals, they could have picked any one of those. They could have picked the Chargers. But they picked the Lions, who were hot at the end of last year. I'm not saying it's risky. They'll get a huge rating no matter what. Maybe they want to save those games for other things. But your thoughts on that matchup to start the league season? I think they're doing the Ford family a solid. You know, they've had that franchise from the get-go. They've won one playoff game since the 1950s. They finished 8-2 and two last year. I think they'd love for one of these traditional franchises to do well. People love Dan. They love Dan Campbell. And I think being on hard knocks uh, helped a lot. And uh, you do it early in the year, they can't be a disappointment. And uh, they're playing a tougher schedule. And a lot of people are going to pick them to win the NFC North, even though Minnesota is the defending champion. And uh, so I think it's great. I think it'd be a great story. I think it's always a great story when, when teams that have been around a long time, that have been down, when they get good. Like when the Browns, when they get good again, it's going to be a great story. You know, it's going to be, it's, it, it just seems like everything's right. Steelers, you know, the traditional franchises that have been around and have been successful, like when Cincinnati, remember how bad Cincinnati was for decades, and then they turned it around. Then Tampa was awful till Tony Dungy got in there, turned it around. Great success story. So it would be a tremendous story if the Lions were actually good again. General, which team do you think this year gets the most primetime games? And I ask that because the New York Jets now have a future Hall of Fame quarterback. How do you think that changes the profile for the Jets and how many primetime games will they get? And do they get the most because they now have Aaron Rodgers? Well, first of all, there's, there's a team, the Cowboys. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. The Cowboys are the most popular team. They draw the biggest ratings. If the NFL wanted the greatest ratings of all, they put the Cowboys on every primetime game every week. But, of course, they can't do that. Now, the Jets, if something happens to Rodgers, what if he's Russell Wilson? What if he does? What if he's hit the wall? What if he doesn't play well? What if he gets injured? Then they're stuck with who? Zach Wilson and who's their new backup quarterback? Mike White left and went to, I think, Miami. So uh, all of a sudden, the Jets would not be anywhere near as attractive. But they're going to max max out the Jets while they can, of course, because Aaron Rodgers is going to turn forty this season. Man, oh, man, that is wild. Zava might have a rough season. And mm-hmm. Tim Boyle and Chris Strebler, yeah. they're the other <laughs> quarterbacks on that <laughs> roster. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with that, indeed. Uh, back to the Europe thing just for a moment, General. Talk about, and it's just talk, about a possible division over there. Could they pull it off? And how would they? Would that be three expansion teams plus the Jaguars? Or would other teams be invited to move? I don't see any other candidates for moving 
other than them. Am I wrong? Your thoughts? No, I think you're right. The, the, the threat of moving anywhere is what helps you get a new stadium. You know, we've seen it. Well, how many teams now need new stadiums? And uh, the problem, the NFL fully admits there's not enough quarterbacks to go around. There's too many bad quarterbacks in the NFL, and 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 they don't have any extra. So <laughs> uh, if you put a team, say Jacksonville moved to Tottenham Hotspur for tickets, you talk about more money made over there than they could make in Jacksonville. The TV ratings that they're trying to – they'll never be anywhere close to soccer, but they're trying to get the, the audience – and let's be honest, they want Europe, not for the memorabilia like it used to be, but for gambling. They gamble on when somebody sneezes over there. So the NFL is supposed to be getting within five years, like $100 billion a year more for gambling. So that is a great place because they have unlimited gambling over there. And so that's the name of the game right now because that's one reason the, the franchises have skyrocketed general they played a game in germany last year tampa bay buccaneers i think it was the seahawks they I think it was the seahawks they played over there and then this year it's only the second year they've had nfl games and regular season games in germany and they get dolphins chiefs I, i'm i was dumbfounded they were able in germany to get that kind of game now i'm not going to poo-poo any games that are taking place in london because jaguars bills will be a good game but every other one's kind of like okay but Germany got Dolphins Chiefs. Do you read anything into that? And where do you think the next area the NFL explores overseas? Uh, first of all, John, uh, last year was the first time the NFL had two teams with winning records play in England. First mm -hmm. time, because they've been sticking them with such dog teams like the Jaguars. Now, Germany is going to be even better than England. And the reason I know that. When NFL Europe was over there, Oliver Luck was the president of the Frankfurt Galaxy. They were the most successful franchise by far, so successful, they made Oliver the president of NFL Europe. And the reason he told me was there, there's American bases still over there. There's a lot of Americans who stayed generations of football, of OOT, for leftover from after World War II. And they've been watching those games forever. I remember Oliver, who is fluent German, was doing German TV 25 years ago for Super Bowl, and uh, because they were they were fanatical about it. So Germany's going to be next. I'll tell you where they want to play a game. They want to play in Paris. Paris isn't going to get an expansion team. It would be England and Germany, and uh, I'd love see what they could pull off in Paris. Then I'm guessing after that it'd be Rome. They've been wanting to go to China for a long time. Mm -hmm. They've been wanting to go to Hong Kong for 20 years. And right now everything is working so well for the NFL. I think they could sell a game, you know, in Alaska in January. Well, it might be better than Minnesota outside in January. We had that when the stadium was under construction and in the old days, too, for the Vikings. All right, John McLean joining us. General, it's rookie minicamp time. The, the rookies are in the building. They're meeting right now as we speak. It's been fun to see the guys in the hallways and stuff. 
getting acclimated, getting ready for the practice field tomorrow. Tell me this, other than C.J. Stroud, who are you most, most excited about seeing among this rookie group at minicamp? Tank Dell, the fan favorite. The, the, the fans there, they want to listen, read, and watch C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and Tank Dell. No offense to anybody else, but those are the ones that the people who pay their money for sweets and 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 uh, sponsorships. Everybody I've talked to is so fired up about the Texans right now, and the ones they talk about: C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and Tank Dell. I can't wait to talk about them, write about them, because people are pumped. General, when it comes to the Colts and the Titans. With two rookie quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Now, the Titans still have uh, Ryan Tannehill in, in charge. When you have those two teams or with those two teams, do you have any, um, what's the right way of saying this, any, any hope for when you face those two teams during the year? The fact that maybe you face one of them early, you might get Anthony Richardson not quite ready. If you face them late, maybe they're in a groove. How do you kind of feel about facing the Colts and Titans with those two rookie quarterbacks? And do we see those rookie quarterbacks early with these two teams? Uh, the, the plan is to play Anthony Richardson, unless the Fibbin. And uh, I think if they play the Titans, uh, they'll be playing against Levis if they play him after, say, the 10th game of the season because the Titans are not going to be very good. And they're trying to stay out of last place. Ryan Tannehill could get hurt. Uh, he's got a new offensive line, total rebuild. And he could get hit a lot. He uh, he's got a great running game. Doesn't have great receivers, so he could be out. Levis could be in. I can't believe they want to play Malik Willis for any reason. They showed what they think about him by taking uh, Will Levis. I think the Texans will be playing against. No, we're playing. We know they're playing Bryce Young, and you know they're going to play Anthony Richardson at some point. And I'm guessing they'll play against Will Levis. And it's going to be so much fun to watch those three rookie quarterbacks compete against each other for a long time. General, more news broke today that the Cowboys and the Giants will play week one on Sunday night football. Shocker. That's, yes, it's always hardly a shocker. Game. Well, I know, but it's a good NFC East matchup. Yeah. Big brand names, New York market against the Cowboys, who, as the general said, Anybody would watch because you either love them or you hate them. You said they were the most popular. I'll go this way. You either love them or you hate them. They're the most polarizing, and they're a magnet for viewers because I love to watch them lose. But my question here is about the Giants. The Giants, I bet, get a big helping of primetime-type games this year. Your thoughts on their prospects, especially in that division because Dallas is no slouch in the regular season. Washington might be better, but we all know the Philadelphia Eagles are really good. Your thoughts on New York? John, you're right. It seems like they start with the Giants and the Cowboys. and they, The NFL wants to get off on a good thing for the ratings. When they played on Labor Day weekend, ratings were down, and then some genius came up with the idea, well, let's don't play on Labor Day weekend. Let's give them 10 days off. So they didn't, and all of a sudden the ratings skyrocketed. So I think that's a great way to start it. You know, the Giants are good. There's going to be more interest in the Giants. You know, you have loyal fans who will watch those big teams regardless. Now, the Cowboys are down. People are still going to watch them, whether they want to see them lose or win. But now, because the Giants were the darlings of the NFL last year, that's going to make the game even more attractive. Anything involving 
the Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants is going to be really, really attractive and a ratings bonanza. General, you've been to, I know it's 40-plus training camps, and I know I'm looking ahead a little bit, but I kind of, as we were talking about rookie minicamp, I kind of, in my mind, fast-forwarded to training camp. You've been to a number of them, and I know you can't rank them all, but where is your level of intrigue for this particular Texans training camp coming up because of C.J. Stroud, because of Will Anderson, because of Tank Dell, because there are some players that people are excited about, some guys coming back, Jalen Petrie, Damian Pierce. Where's your level of excitement and intrigue about this particular training camp? Well, my, my one that I was most excited about was my first one with the Oilers in 1977. And then uh, was the first one with the Texans because it was their first training camp. But this one, you know, it's, people act like this team's been bad for a long time. They've only been bad for three years. And so, but it seems like so much has happened to them. Controversy off the field with Deshaun Watson. It seems like they've had three bad years and it feels like six. I went through six years in a row with the Oilers and never won more than five games. But the most fun was at the draft. And so this, this, I'm more fired up about this rookie minicamp than any since 2006, and I'm be more fired up about training camp than any since the first one in 2002 because, you know, it's the second highest drafted quarterback they've ever had, and uh, in C.J. Stroud, there's, you know, playing at Ohio State's good because he's used mm-hmm. to attention, he's used to recognition, he's used to praise. And I'm sure he's gotten criticized, too, so he understands that. Can't wait to see his development. I think I had a guy, too, benefit I went to last week. They're going to win nine games. And I said, mm. well, if they do, you you email me, and I'll call you a genius on the, on the radio because I wouldn't suspect that. But nobody thought the Giants were going to do squat last year. But the problem is, of course, rookie quarterbacks. You know, rookie quarterbacks are going to stumble. You know, Russell Wilson won. Uh, Dak Prescott won. There have been others that won. Uh, RG3 won. Andrew Luck won. But those are rare. Yep, very rare. By the way, meaningless stat, but interesting. Last 10 years, the Texans have more AFC South championships than either of the other three, any of the other three. <laughs> because the Titans have two. The Colts have none. No, they have one in 2014. The Jags have two. The Texans have the rest. So they're And each of their victories last year was over ASC South opponents. On the that? road. On the road. On Five the road. and one on the road against How the division the last two years. General, all right, this is for both of you, because Johnny and I are about to talk about the rookie numbers. So, General, if you were playing a sport right now and I can give you any number you want to wear, what would you pick and why? We'll do you first, then Johnny, then me. Go. Well, I would have two. First one, when I grew up, the most popular number for anybody that played Little League, teenage baseball, major leagues was number seven because of Mickey Mantle. But the number I've always liked the most because I liked the player was number one, Warren Moon. Number, when I see number one, I think of one player. Now, for the ever, Kenny Burrow was double zero. Yeah. Everybody knew double zero was Kenny Burrow. But I, if I had to pick one today, it would be number one uh, because Moon. Johnny, 24. This is my number in college. I love J. Joe. J. Joe Ward here. 24. And it's classy. I love it. Yeah. 
24 is my number. Mine would be 10, but it's been that way for a long time. It's not because of D-Hop, although I love him. You know that. Mm -hmm. It's not because of Vince Young. It's because of Johnny Walton, the quarterback oh, for the yeah. Boston, Boston Breakers. Breakers. I used to watch them from my dorm room window, and I loved him. I <laughs> thought he was cool, and I thought number 10 looked cool on him, and I always pick number 10 when I have that chance. And everybody in their car right now is thinking about what number they would pick. So think about that. General, anything else you need to promote on your various platforms coming up? I got lots of stuff on both. I'll have a column on gallerysports.com tonight about the schedule, and then tomorrow on sportsradio610.com I'll have one about the start of the rookie minicamp. I am excited. All right. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it, John. Thank you guys very much. As always, I will see you at the minicamp. All right, we'll see you tomorrow at Minicamp. Johnny and I are going to talk about that. We'll talk about those numbers. We'll talk about some of the leaks that are coming out. Are they for real, though? We will certainly caution you before we reveal some of this information. There's a lot of stuff out there in the Twitterverse, as Johnny calls it. We will continue with the official schedule countdown show for the Houston Texans presented by Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the Houston Texans. It's Texans Radio. Texans Radio continues in a moment. Texans Radio is back. Oh, man, I had all this stuff planned, and then I read this tweet, which gets me so upset, uh -oh. from Dove Kleiman, 174,000 followers. So he's got some followers. He's yeah. got some juice here. And he writes at NFL GM, this is... Why am I bringing this up, Johnny? Johnny, stop me! Don't, don't, don't even go into this. We, we're, we're beyond this. We're still talking about Lovey winning game I, eighteen. Just, like Lovey went out there okay. and, and pushed the team across the goal line. And I, let the, me just the, say one the, thing. Can the, I just say one thing okay, about that? Go ahead. Go just, ahead. The, because this is going to help the listener at the water cooler when this comes up. And some of the listeners are out there like, yeah, we shouldn't listen. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Never mind the rest of it. The Lovey going for two things. We all know that drive was an improbable drive with two fourth and very long conversions. The Lovey going for two thing. If Lovey kicks it, what do you think? The chances of losing are better if he kicks it? This, the percentages are the same. You're just playing longer. Lovey just said, let's end it right now, one way or another. If he kicks it, they could still win the game, right? You're not going to tell Fairbairn to miss it, right? Right. So just... Leave it alone, folks. He went for two to end the season one way or another. He just didn't want to play into overtime, do all that. What do you think? Oh, well, we can manipulate a loss some other way. The players aren't going to do that. The coaches aren't going to do that. We've been over this territory. So at that point, he was like, I'm going to go for it because we want to all get out of here and get on with our lives. And that's what it was. He wasn't trying to stick it to anybody. My gosh. What okay, did I I'm tell done. you on the plane coming home? I, when I told you, I said, look, it's Okay. There are two quarterbacks. They're excellent. They're, I don't want to say they're not mirror images of one another, but they're equally good, and you're getting one of them. Let me tell you something. I am so sold. Uh, you know, I was draft night, but after diving even deeper, following the selection, because, look, I told you, I dove into all, yeah, the, yeah. all the footage I was going to, not John Harris level, uh, but prior to the draft, and then, when they took Stroud, I looked deeper. And the videos you tweeted out last night, and I quote tweeted you from the Elite mm -hmm. 11 yeah, camp yeah, yeah. where Gerard yeah. Johnson is coaching him, and they interviewed yeah. Gerard about him. Folks got to look at that. It's uh, Scroll back on our Twitter feed, at Texans Voice, at J. Harris Football. Watch those later. More info on Stroud, and you're going to really like what you see. That story yeah. of the camp where he came from out of nowhere, last guy mm -hmm. invited past Bryce Young on the depth chart. And there are a lot of reasons for that. 
and he won that little tournament they had going on. And look, I know that's just a little seven-on-seven tournament now. That's camp big. before college. That's but big, his though. offers went up. Ohio State oh, yeah. stepped in after that. And said, "You're our guy." Did you see the story? Did you watch the first one, The Journey? No, but I heard so, about this other part. Right. So in that, in the journey, Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, one of the other wide receivers, G. Scott, I think his name is. They called Ryan Day and said, "Coach, are we on this guy?" Yeah. Because this guy's a superstar. He did not have an offer from them before that camp. Exactly. After that camp, he did. Exactly. That's exa- They went and they told him. Jackson Smith and Jigba said he went to Ryan Day and said, that guy's a baller. Are we on him? And they, they got on it faster. Uh, Ryan Day admitted it. He admitted it. He said, yeah, we made a mistake. We weren't on him like we should have been. And it was that Elite 11. But it just goes to show he got the last invite. He got the last. He wasn't quarterback 11. They invite 20 to 24 quarterbacks. Whatever number, he was the last one. Last guy. Last guy. You know what, Mark? Third on the depth chart. Look, if Bryce Young had been a quarterback, had we somehow Rodney Thomas knocks the ball down or whatever the case, I think Rodney Thomas missing the ball had more impact on Indianapolis Mm. than anything else. Because if he catches that pass, they're not picking four. They're six or seven. And now do they what get do they Richardson do? at that point? Well, the other thing is this. Are, if you have the number one pick, are you taking Young or Stroud? We'll never know. Never know. We'll never know. Right. And are you going to move up to take Anderson? Or are you taking Anderson one and then trying to move up to take one of the other two quarterbacks? I don't know. That means, are you moving up to know. three with Arizona at that point? to take? T- because if you take Anderson one, mm-hmm. if you have the first pick, right, and then – uh, second would be, in that instance, the Bears. the Bears. But they would have traded out of it with Carolina. I don't know. Would Carolina trade up in that case? I don't know. And then they go, and then you try to try to move up with Arizona in that case to take Anderson. The fact of the matter is, or to take to, Stroud to your case. point, yeah, to your point. And I said it that day. I said it all, every day since. You're going to end up with one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, yeah. And that... In and that's a draft where you in are. which there were four elite players, you got two of them. So yeah. let's go. Let's rock. Let's see what happens. And, and go now tomorrow. we got the schedule tonight. Um, and, and the one thing I always like about the schedule is envisioning the rookies playing in those games. I remember in 14, that was my first year uh, you know, on the sideline, which you know. I remember envisioning when they showed the Pittsburgh game was going to be a Monday night game. And I remember envisioning Clowney going to Pittsburgh. Like, oh, man, it's going to be awesome. And then, of course, well, he didn't play in that game because he was hurt and all that. But um, I just envisioned the team playing in those games. And so I've been kind of envisioning CJ, you know, playing at Cincinnati. You know, what's that going to be like, you know, going back to Ohio and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I envision those kind of things and get excited about the season that way. I didn't even think about Cincinnati. There's so yes, much to this yes. schedule. I can't wait till it comes out at 7 o'clock. They're going to be so 24 great. minutes, 23 and change. That's what it is. Uh, uniform numbers. I mentioned that. CJ's going to wear 7. Fairbairn is, I guess, wearing another number. No, he's Fif- wearing 15. 15. That's you know, I know that because our Twitter, our, our feed put oh, it we out. tweeted that out. Good, because I was about to say it. Uh, so he's going to wear 15, which he wore in college. So Fairbairn's wearing his college number now. CJ gets 7. Mm-hmm. And Will Anderson gets 51. I like cool it. thing is Tank Dell wearing 13. Mm-hmm. So you have the 713 connection. That's oh, been baby. talked about all day. That's pretty yes. cool. That is cool. If that starts clicking, and I mean, it's going to. That's. Somebody was very, very smart. That's nice. Somebody was very <laughs> that smart. That is nice. That, that's that is nice. so good. So, I, 
it's, it's so funny because, like, in the marketing department, there was this big debate about 713, and then that's the area code. You know, it's like yeah. Miami's 305, right. and New York is 212. But there are other area codes, like 832 right. and 281, and do you include them or not? 713 is the one most synonymous. I think 713, it's not just the number, whether you have the area code or not. It's That's the city code, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a zip right, code. Right. Whether you have it or not, That's it's 713. Right. Uh, so that 713 connection I, could I'll be I'll even tell you that cool. because I grew up... And I had a two eight one number. You did because you I were was, on the burbs. I was envious not having a seven one three number. Even having a two eight one number, yeah, I'm from two eight one whatever. Seven one three. That's okay. that's Houston. Seven one three is. Houston. I remember when I lived in Miami, I had a three zero five, and a lot of people had nine five four because they mm-hmm. were Broward County. And right. I was cool having a three zero five, and I was lucky having a three zero five coming in when I did. You got all the numbers. Uh, I don't have them all in front of me. What else? Will Anderson, 51. Dylan Horton, 92, right? 92, yes. I like that for him. I like that. Yeah, it's a good fit. I mean, all I all I want is something to be just relatively close. Like, for example, Brandon Hill is 36. Okay. And he wore nine in college. So I'm, I have to – that's going to take a, a second yeah, of adjustment. you just got to do the best you can, right? I know, yeah. Uh, At least 51 kind of looks like 31, so I can go with that with Will we Anderson. You need to I'm do good. all linemen. Scruggs, 70. Patterson – oh, Patterson, 68. So the two interior linemen, 70 and 68 respectively. Uh, Toa Toa, 39. That's going to take a second because he, co- he was 11 at Tennessee. He was 10 at Alabama. Johnny, that's changing, right? When people start to get removed, uh, I would maybe, think so. Maybe, maybe he I would falls think in love so. With it. I don't think he's getting ten though. Look, Arian started out as what? I think he went from twenty-seven to thirty-seven to twenty-three or something. Yeah, yeah. I he definitely was thirty-seven, right? He was definitely thirty-seven. I think he was twenty-seven. Twenty-seven was his number in college. I think he was twenty-seven when he started for a minute, and then he went to thirty-seven. I could be wrong about the twenty-seven part. Oh, but that's by the way, noggin. Yeah. By the way, I ended up on YouTube the other day, just kind of in a I don't know what happened. And all of a sudden, there's a there's a uh, YouTube uh, channel called NFL Throwback, and I think it's related to NFL films, but they do all kinds of great NFL stuff. Twenty-one minutes of Arian Foster's highlights. Oh, that's good stuff, Mark. Yeah, no, I. Know. I mean, I know. We took back. that dude for granted, man. He was. Uh, unbelievable. I never did. I never did. I, I mean, knew he was special. Johnny, I, I've been around here. You know, I know. I know. I, I just saw. You know, Ryan Motes. We're going with, and I love Ryan. Okay, no, nothing against Ryan Motes. Arian was a different dimension he of was, back in that offense because he's so good. They found a way to run the ball without him. Years before, 07, 08, yep. they, were, they were moving. the Well, that was Steve Slayton who was right, right. that year. Uh, 09, Arian only the last two games. I mean, they were piecing it together but doing it pretty well in that Kubiakian system. Uh, but they, start, they showed everything from 2009 going forward. And they even showed one highlight from the Miami Dolphins. It just looked weird. It looked, it looked just so strange. But I, I don't want to say we took him for granted. I, I know you didn't. I, that wasn't my point. My point was just... He was here, and he was so great, and there was such a reliance on him. And then all of a sudden, he's lying at the three-yard line in 2015, and he's got an Achilles. And you're like, is it it? And I don't know that we knew that it was it at that point, but we're like, is it? And you're like, a little bit of 09, a little bit of 15, and then 10 through 14. That's really all we got. Well, we'll think Sean, God, had, a, so Sean had a similar injury-dotted career here because 07 banged up but right, played. Right. 08 banged up. 7 couldn't finish the season. 08 finished yep. the season but missed a huge chunk of it. Mm-hmm. 9 played the whole way. 10 played the whole way. 11, we all know what happened. Tampa Bay right. missed the end of the season. 12 played the whole way. 13 out. 
right? Yeah. So it's seven, eight. I mean, it's no. So it's nine, ten, and twelve. Where there's only three fully healthy seasons here. Think about that. Yeah. That's shop. Yeah. So Arian, fully healthy, ten, eleven, fully healthy, eleven, ten, eleven. 12. I know 11, he started with the hammy, but he, you know, yeah, I'll yeah. call that a fully healthy season. Yeah. 10, 11, 12, 13, banged up. Right. 14 healthy. Four healthy seasons. That's it. Four out of five. That's it. I could watch that dude. I, it, all he did on the field, it was incredible to watch that guy. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable to watch him. And, you know, there's been over the, over the years about Bill O'Brien, the offense, and all that kind of stuff. And... Well, O'Brien you know, used him well. I mean, that Brian, was a good exactly. year. That was, that was my point. O'Brien used him extremely well. Yeah. Like they, there was one. Remember the highlight against Philadelphia where he runs the out and up on the far sideline, and he makes a catch like six inches off his shoe tops and runs it in. I'm like, who? What? Yeah. Who's doing that? I remember we talked about him becoming a receiver so he could prolong his career right, or something because yeah. he was that. And he would have been. Gifted. He was. Yeah. He was incredible. The mo- unbelievable. If you put Aaron, man, holy cow, put Aaron Foster. On the 2018 offense with a healthy Will Fuller. All right, stop. <laughs> Look, that's an in-the-lab show for you and <laughs> Drew is, to, like, mix is, and match. Everyone's like, where are the schedule leaks? You Look, you get Johnny and I talking ball, anything can yeah, happen. Yeah. Uh, one of the le- – all right, so a numerous, numerous Twitter uh, handles, accounts, including Joey Bag of Donuts, mm. uh, say the Steelers – a Steeler nation is going nuts with – not – this particular game, but with all their leaks. Yeah. And they have, they claim that they're going to be here week four. So four. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, look, I can't confirm nor deny. I mean, I don't know, but that's what Steeler nation is saying. And a lot of different Twitter accounts, Steelers here week four. I don't know if that's going to happen, but look, they're going to be here. I can guarantee you. Yeah. Steelers are going to be here. They will be here and they will bring that week four or uh, back in like they weren't 17. I could build a case either way. Like, you want them when they're weak. Although they tend to get hot late and yeah. salvage a season. Uh, yeah, exactly. But who knows what this year brings for yeah. them, right? Yeah. I, it's, a, it's an interesting team. I felt like they had a really compelling draft because of some of the things they did. It was funny because I had a Steelers fan that just raked me over the coals because on my mock draft on my YouTube channel, I had traded for the Steelers to the Texans pick. So it went from Texans from 12 down to 17. The Steelers went up. I had them taking a corner because Devin Witherspoon was still available. And the guy just, I mean, he was all over me. He's like, you don't know anything. Steelers never trade up. I'm like, look, man, when you get a new GM, I don't care how long that guy's been there. They have different philosophies. They have different thoughts. And what did they do during the draft? They traded up and got Broderick Jones. Mm. See? And by the way, Will Will Anderson has seen him before. Okay. He's seen let's, him before. Let's make that happen in uh, whatever week they do appear here. Uh, some of the other games that are breaking, and some of these are pretty reliable sources, so we'll reveal some of those to you in the final segment of our scheduled countdown show. It's presented by Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the Houston Texans. Ticket office open tonight. Schedule comes out in, what, 15 minutes. Let's get ready to rock. It's Texans Radio. Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. Okay, so the schedule comes out in 10 minutes. HoustonTexans.com, Texans app, social media. We're going to blast it out there. And believe me, every website around the league, they get ready for this, obviously. They gear up for it, and they make sure that they're not going to crash because a ton of traffic goes to these websites. And 
Look, Ticketmaster is ready because people start. It's not just it's not just the season tickets. It's single games that are available here. Yep. Ticketmaster, the presenter of this program tonight, the schedule countdown program, and um, the website. You got to handle the traffic, and there's going to be a ton of it this evening because people are like, "Oh, they're going to be." At the Jets this weekend, I want to go to that one. Yeah. Or I want to go to this one at home because I know I'm going to be there and the family's coming in. Whatever the case may be, you, you can pick. I mean, 32 teams, the, the schedule release videos have just gotten bigger and grander. And it's funny because every time people see me at Miller Outdoor Theater walking up for the draft, like, it's your Christmas, huh? This is your Christmas. I'm like... I mean, I guess I enjoy yes. it. This is kind of this is their Christmas. This is oh, this these guys live for this. Social. How creatively can they put this thing All together? Right, so they it's did amazing. a lot of work on this one, and it was a live shoot. And we've done different things over the years, animation with the Tecmo Bowl and all this oh, other yeah, stuff, yeah, and yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones and everything. Backyard over the years. football. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that might have been the best one we ever did. Yeah. Uh, up until now, man, this one is live action with a lot of people you know in it, and it's going to be cool. And it comes out in nine minutes or less. Uh, so that's going to be great. HoustonTexans.com, at Houston Texans, all that stuff, all that social media stuff and digital land, the interweb, as Johnny calls it, all of it. Okay, other uh, – it's funny. I could read you some of these – some of these reliable source leaks of the schedule, yeah, you know, with eight minutes to go, but it just sounds so random. Like, hey, the 49ers and Eagles, week thirteen, reliable <laughs> source. Like, okay, thanks a lot, Mark. Yeah. Great, Eagles, Chiefs, Monday night, November twentieth. Dolphins at Patriots, week two. I don't know if that's for real or not. I saw two possible openers for the Patriots. One was the Dolphins, and one was the um, Eagles. In Foxborough, with Brady being honored. I mean, yeah. stuff is flying out there, and it's hilarious, some of the stuff. Um, let's see, anything else here? Jets, Bills, Monday Night Football, week one. That sounds for real to me. I think that is for real. I think that was announced. Which one? Jets, Bills, Monday yeah, Night Jets, Football. Yeah, Jets, Bills has been announced. All right. That was announced. And that, they announced a few random ones, too. All but, right, so you know. just as a football fan, it is on. Jets, Bills, Monday Night Football, week Saba one. against Allen. It's, I mean, this I is mean, great. <laughs> Fantastic! It was going to be great. They and did this. It was uh, going to be great anyway. But to put Zava in New York as the quarterback okay. against Josh Allen is fantastic. So this is going to be a somewhat loaded question. Okay. Which is more compelling? If Aaron Rodgers is great or Aaron Rodgers, the it's done. He's told. He's cooked. Which is which is? What do you think is more compelling? Well, well listen. Every it, they could win, and if he doesn't play well. The, everything is under scrutiny. It right. always is with him. Right. But Green Bay, I don't. I know Green Bay is a national team and a and a, right. the subject of great national is, scrutiny and focus. This is New York. This is New York. Yeah, so you lop on that local media mm-hmm. on top of everything else. It's a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. I know that Lafleur and Sala have talked about the difference in media when you're Green Bay versus the Jets. And you and I have talked to Rob about the Jet media. Yep, exactly. And it's very different than what Matt LaFleur is dealing with in Green Bay. You're dealing with a ton of pressure anywhere in the NFL. But the local media, the room here is different from the room in New York, yep. from the room in L.A. It's just different. That's why I say if the, if he's great, everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. If he's cooked and he's done, but you know how it everybody's is. still talking you know about how it. Is. it. You throw one interception and a win. It's like, well, what, right. was, what, what was that? Yeah. You almost lost us the game right there. Yeah, but we won. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Week, f- week five on ESPN. Is Aaron Rodgers cooked? Yes or no? Next on First Take.
All right, Johnny and I are going to go get the schedule, and we're going to have a podcast out moments after 7 o'clock. We'll be on pod. It'll be the Vanderpod, and it'll be talking about the Houston Texans schedule. And you can find out if you agree with us or disagree with us about various things. i got to write a piece. It's all going to come out fast and furious. We're going to go grab it. So get ready. 7 o'clock. I know the 610 guys are doing a bunch of stuff. Landry's doing his thing tonight. Uh, but we'll be on the pod and uh, on HoustonTexans.com, Texans app, all the social media platforms. want to thank everybody for being a part of it tonight. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Thank you, John McClain, for being on. Thank you, Ticketmaster, for presenting tonight's schedule countdown show. Go Texans! This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.